Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Back for the second time. He heard the Rory podcast and demanded that we get on the horn almost immediately. <laughs> He's got notes prepared. Charles Howell the third. What's going on, man? Man, it's all good. I uh, obviously uh, really enjoyed our first podcast, and but when you throw Rory McIlroy at me, I, I just I can't win. I, I, I can only <laughs> strive to compete with it. Um, but I, I I know when I'm second fiddle, and I get it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not willing to say that. You know, I, I think uh, you've got notes prepared. I don't know what you've got in store for me. Is I don't, I'm not willing to concede that you're going to be second fiddle to Rory. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you get your head beaten by enough on the golf course. It's only fitting that it should follow right into a podcast as well. <laughs> well, uh, you just finished the three tournament stretch. Uh, what what else is going on with you, man? You had a, you had a good fall series. You uh, you typically make make a heyday out of the West Coast swing. Now you're balling out on the fall series. So uh, is this just your time of year? Is this the, when the, when it gets dark early? That's when Charles Howell comes out to play. Well, it it, it may be, or I think the more accurate is is I usually just drive myself into complete uh, oblivion and nuts during the summer. And uh, I kind of flame out late in the summer, and then I come back home for a while, and I get rested, and, I, and come back out for the fall. So it's usually it's it's a uh, career pattern here now, and about seventeen years into it, I think I need to just embrace it. <laughs> you had uh, you you changed equipment to start the season, um, and you had I I would say you had a strong season. I didn't see any. Uh, major dips in your game in any part was there what was the was there an adjustment period for switching to the new equipment or was it a pretty smooth transition well the the, the interesting thing with pxg uh and, and obviously a lot of the, the golf people know this but uh the the engineers are largely from uh ping and uh looking at uh i think the ping engineers have always been uh if not the best uh they're for sure in the conversation and if you couple that with uh, Bob Parsons and his uh, willingness to spend whatever's needed on R&D, I think you've got a pretty good team there. And it, you know, the first run of, of PXG equipment, obviously, I like, and, 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 and their sales reflected. Other people like it as well. But the, the exciting thing with PXG will be what's uh, coming down the pipeline. Um, you've got smart people with really no, uh, no budget in R&D. And hopefully, uh, hopefully some fun, cool stuff comes out. And I mean, and for golf, we need people like Bob Parsons involved in the game uh, that are willing to step up and, and, and invest a large amount of money and try to make equipment better. I mean, I think uh, for the game, it's only good. What's the biggest, uh, the hardest thing to adjust for? Is it woods, irons, ball, wedges? I mean, what do you spend the most time like trying to get right when you do make a change? Well, I'd say it's, if, I'd say it's the driver, uh, if you want to just talk about you know, your bag. And, and it's not so much the good ones. It's understanding uh, where the misses all of a sudden go. So you know, any golfer can hit any driver good, but they, the more important thing is they should need to know where your bad ones are going. And so when you switch equipment, it's, it's more or less learning about, okay, on my bad days, this is what's going to happen. 
or I kind of expect this myth. And, and once a player learns that, then I think that's when he or she is really comfortable with the equipment. All right. Uh, well, we, we last spoke just before the U.S. Open in June. Um, you had a little stretch of period where you were injured for a while there, and you've, you've come back from that now. What, what would you say, if anything, has changed with you since we last spoke? Um, well, I've worked a ton on my short game. I think that's one, uh, one area of the game where I continue to look at what players are doing well. Uh, that, that, that play well, and I look at what what are guys doing, uh, let's say, better than I am, and, and start to dig through some of that. And you, you just saw it again. I don't know if you watched in the Australian Open, but you know Jordan Spieth's uh, putting and his ability to get the ball up and down. Um, you know the game's just too hard to hit the ball great every single day, and it's really difficult to rely on long game every day. So you've got to have your short game. Um, and nowadays, playing against these guys, it's, it's got to be great. Um, that would be the one area I think I've really focused on. Is that you You were recently started working with a new short game coach, I think, when we last spoke. Is that right, or how recent is yes, that change? Yes, a, a gentleman named John Graham, yes. And then uh, have there been significant changes in your approach to how you – is it just mostly how you practice for it or any change in technique in, in anything specific? You know, the biggest thing is he continually shows me uh, stats and what, what the players that are winning are doing. And, and, if, and if nothing else, it just makes me excited to practice it. And I would say that's the one thing. And you look across the board. I mean, let's just be honest. It, it's a lot more fun to hit drivers than it is to putt six-foot putts, right? I mean, you know, it just it's not very sexy standing on a putting green and hitting 10-foot left-to-right putts. It's just not. But you got to do it. And then so if nothing else, if he shows me and beats into my head stats and the importance of doing it, you know, then I can get excited to do it and, and, and I'll spend the appropriate time. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, I must at least partially apologize. I'm just now kind of realizing this is Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I don't get a, really a Thanksgiving over here. So, are you already like on holiday? What are the plans for the the holiday for your family and whatnot for Thanksgiving? Well, we're home, so we're in Orlando now, and uh, my wife's family has uh, flown down from Oklahoma, so they made it easy on us. So, we're, we're, there's no traveling. Um, our kids are out of school uh, for the week, so this is this is the first sort of holiday season where our kids have been in school so and now the holidays mean a bit more to them because they don't have to go to school so <laughs> they could care less about thanksgiving but the fact they don't have to go to school they're all in so are you are you the one that puts the turkey in the oven or how's that get done around the household no sir you, you see part of this marriage deal is you, you, you gotta know you're gonna screw up enough you don't let it be Thanksgiving dinner. So absolutely not. I have no responsibility in this whatsoever. So I'm fully indemnified from anything that's bad tomorrow. Hmm. So yeah, when, that's a fine way to be. <laughs> what uh, are you? You're, are the clubs put away? I think your probably next event will be Sony. Am I right in guessing that? Yes, correct. I'll, um, I'll, I'll play. Well, actually, I'll play the Shark Shootout. Okay. Which, you know, kind of a team event. You know, silly season, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and but then the next uh, main event for me will be the Sony Open. But no, the the clubs are not put away. This is the time of year the clubs come out. Yeah, uh, I, I I love this time of year. Uh, I, I get to try all kinds of stuff and over practice and, and play with buddies back home. So no, the, the weather's great now in Florida, and uh, this is this is my time of year. I look forward to it. In between, I mean, I know the, this. We're in the middle of technically the wraparound season, but this is, I guess, a six-week gap. The only really one we get on the PGA Tour season. Yep. 
Do you like make like a wipe the slate clean, look at a fresh new start kind of thing, or are you trying your best to roll your seasons together so that you don't feel like you have an off season? You, you know, I, I would. I think the latter. I'd rather roll them together, and that's partly the reason why I do play the sharp shootout. Is it, it kind of keeps me a little bit in that playing mentality. Um, you know, historically, when I look back, and, and not just me, but a lot of other players, when you come off a break, even if you take, let's say, two weeks off, it's always the first week you don't really play your best. By the second or third week in a row, you kind of start playing the game again. The scoring mentality comes back out. Um, that's kind of the, the time when you see guys play their best golf. So I, I'd rather see it as a continuation. Um, I've never been a guy that sort of set my clubs down and not play. I mean, you know, people retire to play golf. I mean, what, what am I doing? I'm not sitting have a job. I just play golf. Um, and, and I play great courses around the world. And so I'm, I'm, I'm still unemployed, really. <laughs> you're, you're as true sicko as you would, as you would call it. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I like to play. <laughs> uh, maybe you've already done it with a with a fall series event, but uh, with the new rule where you have to add at least one new event per year, what event are you planning to add, or have you already done that? Well, I, I'm actually I fall under a weird exempt category from that. I play 25 events or more per year, so I don't fit into that. Um, now. Uh, if if I, if I had to add an event, it would be something. I mean, I could add whatever. But um, I, I play enough now where I don't have to do that. It will be interesting, though, to see what some of the top players add in there. Uh, I, I think it's a great rule. I was actually a proponent of the one-in-four rule uh, that was proposed where you had to play every single event once every four years. Hmm. Um, obviously, I mean, you can understand um, – who or why would oppose that? But um, I think, uh, I mean, I think just from a sponsor point of view, I, I think that would have been really good. Okay, so we we would not expect any major changes from from your schedule in 2017 for personal or golf reasons or anything like that. No, I, well, hopefully my my game will get better and I can add some world events and majors in there. <laughs> uh, I would welcome that change. Other than that, no, I'll play the same old schedule. All right, so let's see. Let's you're the you. As much as uh, we can talk about your game, as much as we we could t- take up an entire podcast talking about your game, but you, as you've self-diagnosed, are a golf sicko. You enjoy analyzing part of part of the reason I think you love coming on this podcast is you have a future career in uh, in being a talking head on the Golf Channel. But uh, I want to hear some predictions for 2017 on major winners. Let's start with the Masters. If I got to hold your feet to the fire, who's going to win the Masters? Um. Well, I'm. Like all bad betters, I'm going to let my heart influence this one, um, and I'm going to say Rory McIlroy. Uh, I think one of the, the, the big storylines entering next year will be his preparation up to the Masters, what tournaments he plays, uh, how he tries to get himself ready for it, and you know, you know his words. Even he knows it's his you know last major to get a, to complete the career Grand Slam. Um, Man, every year I look at the Masters and I can't think of a better guy to win that golf tournament. He, he hits high draws with his driver. He can hit it as far as he wants to. Um, I mean, it just seems like a golf course is just tailor made for him. And uh, if he were to go another three or four years without winning that tournament, I, I would be shocked. Part of me thinks that he could, if it was any other time of the year, and if it wasn't like an eight month layoff before the Masters. I mean, first of all, he's only. 
I think he's only played it twice since he since it it would have been to complete the career Grand Slam. So it's it's yes. not jumping to any conclusions uh, on nope. can he ever win this thing. But I think he'd benefit so much more if it was like two months after another major or something like that, where it wasn't going to be this build up every time. He even said like though he plays well leading up into it, he knows he's just driving the hype train. He he stops doing media before it. So uh, I, I I don't know. I, I I'm with you. I felt like. What we saw to him in 2011, it looked like a guy that was going to kind of dominate that golf course for yes. decades to come. And since that Sunday, we just haven't seen him play that course with that kind of dominant factor to it. It always seems like he's you know taking two, one step forward, two steps back out there. And it almost seems like now Spieth is this guy that is just tailor-made for this golf course, even though... I don't. I don't. Is it weird if I say like I don't feel like his game fits that course necessarily that great, but he still seems to dominate it. Right, and you know, I don't know if you remember the third round last year. Rory and Jordan were paired together. Yep. And I thought it was going to be one of those rounds where Rory came out and shot sixty-five or six and separated himself out. And sure enough, it flipped the other way. And Jordan obviously played a phenomenal round in front of Rory in that situation. And, and it does. And, and obviously, Jordan is a heck of a player. This is not meant any way not meaning that. But I would still say I feel like Rory McIlroy's game fits Augusta National better than Jordan's. But the record shows otherwise. I mean, Jordan, apart from the 12th hole last year, he would have had another great jacket. And um yeah, it's, you're, you're exactly right. I completely agree with you. People say you don't read the greens at Augusta, you remember them. So how can he at age whatever, 23 putt those greens better than any other guy in that field? It's unbelievable. And the fact how consistently well he putts. I mean, it, it's not as if he has one hot day and then yeah, a bunch of average ones. No, he putts them well every day. Uh, it, but he does it everywhere. And... and he he does it on different surfaces. He does it on different uh, grasses. It's just incredible. And yeah, I mean, you look how well he even putted Chambers Bay, and um, you know, those surfaces were not great at all. And so the guy seems to do it every day. And I mean, I wish I knew what he did. That was that was very nice of you to say that Chambers Bay's surfaces were not nice at all. That was as good of a compliment as you could have paid those greens. Well, yeah, we, we live in this politically correct world now, right? I mean, every, everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a ribbon. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on, Aaron Hills, U.S. Open. Who you got? I, I, I've played the golf course. Um, it's... It'll be interesting to see how they set it up. It, it, it can be uh, as big and long and mean as they want to make it. Um, and, you know, Mike Davis just loves doing that. So uh, I'm quite sure uh, he's already planning that. But, you know, I, it, it's it's a repeat winner call. I get those are difficult and tough. I, I love Dustin Johnson there for the sole reason of his driving ability. Um, Aaron Hills is extremely long. You got to drive it in the fairway. Obviously, we know that. And is is there a guy that drives it longer or shorter than Dustin? I don't think there is. Um, Dustin's also got the mentality to uh, to endure the bad, nasty breaks you're going to get at a U.S. Open and, and the odd, you know, the the, the bogeys you are going to inevitably make around them. I think his mentality is great for it. Um, he, I, I can't imagine a player handling. The situation that he handled at the U.S. Open, the way he did, 
uh, and still coming through to win that golf tournament on Sunday. I just there's not a better guy for it. I'm on board with that. I'm picking DJ to go back to back, so we are in unison on that one. And for the record, yes. I, I'm going Spieth again for the Masters. So uh, yeah, hey, I can't argue. Yeah. I hear you though. Um, all right, British Open. Open, sorry, open championship. What, what do you? First of all, what do you say? Are you a are you a proponent of saying open championship, or do you not care? You know, I see. I'm one of these Americans that calls it the British Open, and it, and people don't like that. No, um, no. See, and it's uh, yeah. I've got to be honest. I've always called it the British Open. Um, however, I I don't know what I've ever referred to as the Open. I've never called like the Canadian Open the Open. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I need to I, I need to modernize it. We'll, we'll call it the Open from now on. All right, we'll be we'll um, be sportsmen. We'll call it the Open. That's correct. We'll call it the Open. Um, the Open. I, I, I love Phil Mickelson. Um, nice. He I, I think he's got one more in the tank. He loves link style golf. He loves the British Open golf. He was one extremely hot player away last year from winning it. Um, and it just seems to me as soon as people try to somewhat write Phil Mickelson off a little bit. He comes through and does something like he did. And uh, I, I think it owes him one after the, after the Henrik Stenson bus song. Okay. It's amazing. It's just amazing to hear you talk about Phil loving link style golf with where, where, you know, we, imagine saying that like 15 years ago. I mean, it was, it was that tournament that everyone pointed out. Like he's, he would never win one of these things. Now it's maybe his best chance to win another major. Isn't it amazing? Everybody said, Oh no, he'll never win the British because it's too windy and he can't drive it well enough. And yeah, everybody says that. I'm like, guys, he's won 42 times. Like he does something pretty good. You know, as, as, as much as people, Love to criticize Phil Mickelson for this or this. He's got 42 wins. That's amazing. So, I mean, in my book, the only guy that can really criticize him that's actively playing is probably Tiger Woods. Uh, so, <laughs> and actively is a loose word. <laughs> yes. Nobody should criticize him. <laughs> we'll get to the big cat here, but uh, all right, we'll, side note, sidebar, um, I asked, uh, we did a little Ryder Cup uh, post-game podcast. I asked, uh, will Phil Mickelson be on the Ryder Cup team in 2018 and your thoughts? Okay, yes, I would say he will. All right, that's the, uh, that's the easy one. That's the easy one. Now 2020. Mm, 50. I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, it, simply because historically looking at it, it's very difficult to stay extremely competitive post-age 45, 46 in golf. You can find the odd example, the Vijay Singh, uh, Kenny Perry, uh, I think Fred Funk won the Players' Championship at a late age. It's very hard to do. And look at this influx of young players you have coming up. I can see Phil rolling right into a captaincy role from that, but I'm going to say he has one more Ryder Cup in Okay. So you're ruling out my prediction that he plays at Beth Page in 2024. See, but what a great <laughs> captain he would be there. <laughs> Playing captain, though. That's my whole point. It could be. But now, okay, on the European side, is there a better captain at Beth Page than Ian Poulter? No, it's gotta be, that's got to be Poulter it's- versus Phil, doesn't it? It has to be Ian Poulter. Like, like there, there's no the, – the, the venue, everything. It was tailor-made for Ian Poulter to be a captain at Bethpage. It just, it's perfect. It's set up. Who, who is, I guess, the front runner or the rumor? Maybe you know too much and can't say it. The, the likely captain to, to be in 2018. Is it Furyk? You know, I honestly don't know and haven't heard a word of it except, it, I guess. I mean, the, the rumblings and it seems to be pointing right at Jim Furyk. Yeah. Uh, he would be a good captain. You know, he's he's a lot more competitive than people think he is. Um, you know, he's obviously a fairly unorthodox guy, but 
you know, he, he does things his way. He's a bit of a sportsman. You know, I mean, he's, he's a Steelers fan, and, um, you know, he's, he's played the, the uh, Pebble Beach Prime with Lynn Swan, and he's kind of he's a bit more of a sports guy than people may think so. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that would make a lot of sense to me. Okay, and, and I mean, everyone's assuming Stricker in 2020, I would assume, up in Wisconsin. Um, yes. 2022, any thoughts, any predictions there? I mean, I, I really, as I've heard some rumblings on the big cat for that, but uh, I, I, for one, I'm not sure how interested he is in being the the, the head captain, the, the number one guy doing all that media obligation, but do you have any insight as to whether or not you think he would be interested in that? You know, I still can't believe that he signed up as an assistant captain. Really? Um yeah, no, and, and yeah, I just know, I just, and maybe that's part of me that still wants to see him, um, you know, winning golf tournaments and, and putting that red shirt on on Sunday, um, Patrick Reed's red shirt now, you know, <laughs> to get back to the cat, um, but, but I just, I, I still kind of want to be seeing that, and I just can't believe that. I think it's wonderful that he did it. I'm just still so so. No, I really don't see him as being a captain. I see that more in the likes of a like we saw with Fred Couples being a captain of a President's Cup, and then you see the Steve Stricker and Davis Love, and and I see kind of that fold of guy coming right through to Phil Mickelson. Um, and maybe I'm dead wrong. I mean, maybe Tiger would be a wonderful captain, but I still, I man, I still see that guy playing. Yeah, well, I guess we can transition to the, into that because that guy's supposed to be come back playing. Is it next week, the hero? I, I've lost track the of the calendar. Yeah, I, I believe it is. I think it is next week. Yeah, it is next week. Um, a, if you're putting money on it right now, is he playing next week? Yes, he's playing. And to support you from earlier, he's going to play a TaylorMade driver. Okay. Um, and a, and a TaylorMade three wood. Um, and a Bridgestone golf ball. Okay. Um. So I, you know, I think part of him is excited that he can try new equipment. Um, you know, he's he's obviously uh, played the Nike gear for so long that um, I think now he, he kind of looks to him as this like, big open world out there of trying equipment and uh, you know seeing what's out there and, and whatnot. And um, you know, he's still only forty years old, and and you know, let, let's say that golfers start to teeter out at forty five, forty six. I mean. I mean, let's hope that he's healthy. He's got five healthy years ahead of him. Uh, I still have got to think the guy can come out and win. I, I, I really do. Um, knowing him and as, as competitive as he is and you know, in these situations when his back's against the wall and people start doubting him, I mean, he feeds off all that. And I hope he comes out next week and just has a solid event. He doesn't need to win it and do anything heroic, but just start building his, his game back up um, in a competitive sense. And, man, I'd love to see the guy win next year. And that's what I I try to tell myself when I'm watching Rod Pampling win, you know, it, it, yeah. <clears throat> win an event. They were at 48, I think Pampling is. You're telling me <clears throat> at 40. I know Tiger's been through a lot of health issues. I just and maybe that's just when I start throwing logic out the window though and start thinking well, a fairy tale. I just refuse to believe that he's done done, you know. I I just don't think that it doesn't it doesn't add up to me unless he truly can't get healthy. The guy still has a a boatload of talent to tap from, and, and if it's if it's really health that prevents him from tapping into that, I can understand it. But that talent just does not completely go away. And um, I mean, do you still do you still have a lot of communication with them? Have you played with them at all, or any 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 uh, any indications of what his game is like in the last couple of months? Uh, I, I haven't played with him. I saw him down in Albany uh, at the very end of the summer, uh, down in the Bahamas, and 
you know, he looked great. He looked fit as he always does. And I, you know, I agree with you. I just, I just don't believe that Tiger Woods, that's won what eighty golf tournaments, is all of a sudden not going to be able to win a tournament again. Unless, as you said, he he just can't do it. Unless his back is that bad, um, or if or if his knee gets bad again, and I know he's had some, you know, what shoulder, neck, and I mean, if he has a health element, I get it. But I'm telling you, if the guy's healthy, if he comes out and plays a run of four or five events in a row, I just have to believe by the end of that stretch, he's going to be right there on Sunday to win. And Man, I mean, you know, part of me, I guess, is, is hoping this happens as much as being a, a uh, you know, an observer here. But I just, I've just got to think that the guy can do it. I, I really do. I, I think the hero is a good event for him to come back at. Um, pretty wide fairways from down, and in, in, it's in the Bahamas, right? Yes, it's it at Albany. Yes. It is at Albany. Correct. Okay. Wide fairways down there. It's not. Uh, I mean, any anytime he's going to show up, there's going to be a ton of attention. I would think the vibe is going to be more relaxed in the Bahamas than it would be out in California. First PGA Tour event in the season. Would you think that factored into him maybe withdrawing in California? You know, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I was shocked he withdrew out there, especially you know committing on Friday, then withdrawing on Monday. Um, and I, but obviously, Tiger knows what's going on as far as that. It's a lot more so than, than, than I do. Yes, I, I can see that. I mean, the, the hero, I know they limit ticket sales um, down there. And it's, it's not going to draw a ton of people uh, you know, there in person. But yes, I mean, every move the guy uh, makes is going to be scrutinized, and every shot he hit, you know, the talking heads are going to talk about every single shot he hits and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think if he just comes back, he completes four rounds, he's healthy, he shows some good signs. And I think more than anything, that'll calm him down mentally to say, okay, I can still do this. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I know that Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods, but he is still human. And once he goes out there and shoots a 68 or 9, then that will do more for him mentally than anything to say, okay, I haven't totally forgotten how to do this. This is going to be fine. And all of a sudden, if he plays San Diego and he gets in the hunt where he's won multiple times, then those feelings start coming back again. Yeah, I've got to think the guy can hold up the trophy again. Oh, you got me excited. Got me. I usually don't like to talk a lot of Tiger just because I feel like – we, uh, but this is a scenario <clears throat> where I think it's very justified because as far as I and I haven't looked this up, this feels like the longest period of time off we've ever really had him do, or you know that he's been away from the game. And I think we've been clamoring for this time away. Like, man, man, if you're hurt and not healthy, take as much time as you need. Stop trying to rush it back. But how much are guys out there on tour talking about these kind of things? Like when he withdrew, was that a big conversation out in California and? Like, uh, is it is it is it is it all the buzz on tour right now? You know what? No, not really. And and it wasn't really that big of a story. Guys talked about it for a little bit, then it was over and and, and done with. And uh, you know, a little bit of that is the changing of the guard, though, uh, of the, of, this, of the younger generation coming out. Uh, you know, they're they're these guys are ready to win and they're competitive. And and look at Mackenzie Hughes last week at, at McGladdery. I mean, he. He made a triple bogey uh, there on, was it Saturday? And, I mean, he did the things you could do when you would think he was going to kind of fall away and not win the tournament, and the guy still sucks it up and wins the tournament in the playoff. 
So I think this younger generation is a little different. You know, they haven't had their head beat in by Tiger, <laughs> um, as everybody else has. They haven't seen that putter go up in the air, um, and, and those 30-footers start dropping. And, you know, these guys are, not only are they ready to win, they are winning. Um, so I think it's a little, little bit different now. And, you know, one last thing on Tiger, too, to, to the people that say that maybe he can't win again. You know, I, I look back to when he went through uh, his personal stuff and he took all the time off and he disappeared and he was a ghost and people were, where's Tiger and what's he doing? His first event back was the Masters and he finished fourth. Yeah. That, I mean, their guys, I mean, they will go a whole career and not finish fourth in the Masters that are great players. Okay. He did it when he had everything stacked against him that week. And, and the guy almost won the tournament, and this is the Masters. So I just have to, I just keep referencing back to that and think that, that he will still win another regular event again with pretty good certainty. And on top of that, I, 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 I also always refer back to that, but on top of that, what I even refer back to more recently is uh, that 2010, near the end of that season is when things started going really poorly for his game. So that, that was his first tournament back was what was that Masters. 10, his game went to crap, and then 11 yeah. is when it really spiraled out of control. Um, yeah. And from that, he returned to number one in the world. Like he had, His game had not fallen off to this level that it's at, but it was it was completely off to the point where I thought he was done. Like I, I just yes. was, I was an idiot, and I was not experienced enough to know that that guy you can't ever count that guy out. Um, so when he when things started to go bad in 2014, I was I kept saying like oh he'll be fine he'll be fine he'll be fine. Here we are in late 2016, and we haven't seen like a, a good finish from him in almost three years. So, but th- I'm leaning on those two things the, the one you just referenced and and his comeback from that tough 2011. To make me say, like, I just, I don't think I'll ever count that guy out again. But I'm with you, and you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the back, though, and it's a lot of people think exactly. it. It's all about the health. Yes, yeah. not the golf. It's the health. A lot of people think uh, think that it's it's beyond repair, and, and we'll we'll see, we'll see. The swings that we saw from this last couple of weeks on the practice range, it didn't weren't uh, they weren't the most encouraging swings. It didn't look like like the old Tiger thrashings. Not not sure what to expect from that, but but we'll see. Um, we talked a, a briefly about the Ryder Cup, and I know we're almost two months removed from it, but uh, being the sicko that you are, how much of the Ryder Cup did you watch? I, I watched almost all of it, uh, especially the singles day. That I, I, I love the singles. And the fact that Rory and Patrick Reed played uh, on the singles, I, it, they, there couldn't be better uh, TV drama. And I know you were there, and you got to watch it. Uh, I, I thought that was a wonderful day for golf, and even just that match alone I, was just fantastic for the game. And do you feel like the tide has turned in the favor of the United States for the fut- in the near future for uh, for winning Ryder Cups? Uh, maybe slightly, but it's hard to count Europe out. I mean, you, you go down the, the list and um, of their talented players, and 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 those guys are going to be getting more comfortable in the format and in that. Um, that match was played in the U.S. And for all the, the rookies that were on the U.S. team, I mean, that's a very intimidating place to start. So uh, Thomas Peters is going to be um, you know, a, a Ryder Cup stalwart for many years to come for Europe. Um, you even look at a player like Matt Fitzpatrick, who just won in Dubai. Uh, obviously, he's showing that, that he's a heck of a player and extremely solid. 
So yeah, it's 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 going to be hard to count those guys out. I think they're going to be close Ryder Cups for a long time. I, I did mean to, mean to one, ask you one more question on the fall series that I forgot. And you may have already mentioned one with Mackenzie Hughes, but uh, did you see any new freaks out there this fall? To use the word that you used last time on the podcast, any yes. new guys coming up from the web dot com? So that maybe whose games you weren't familiar with that you saw hitting balls or played with that you were like, uh oh, here's here's another freak out here. Well, I, not any in particular because I didn't really get paired with any. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a bit odd too because I, I played you know one of the events in Malaysia, which is a is a small field. Um, you know, and in Vegas, not a lot of the, the young players get into that field. Um, so it's and I didn't see a ton. I, I know they're out there. I just haven't seen them yet. Um, I keep hearing about this Ryan Brim uh, that he's going to be the longest hitter on the tour when it's all said and done. Um, so I, I look forward to that thrashing um, when we get paired together. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm so just impressed how these guys just come out and win. Um, I just, you know, it, and I mean, granted, obviously, looking back on my career, I <clears throat> wish I would have won more and, and and whatnot. But but yeah, it's, it's always impressed me when a guy steps out there and and, and and sucks it up on Sunday, gets the job done, you know, right away. Um, it just, I, I think that's really impressive. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, what's really cool about the fall series is just we, you're, those guys aren't just going to have that same opportunity come, you know, once Riviera rolls around and Tory Pines. Like that's just when it gets real serious. Not saying those wins aren't impressive. It's just. Uh, they just don't have that, you know, ten of the top twenty guys in the field or whatnot, and you're just you're it's it's your it's your time to shine and see these guys take advantage of it. It, it is kind of mind blowing just because I'm always a big proponent of saying how hard winning is. I mean, you gotta in yes. a stroke play event, you've got to just have so much stuff go your way. And I mean, just looking, you are all over the leaderboard, you know, for. Uh, the better part of the fall series and you know just seeing how many things got to go your way come Sunday to win it it's just you see the odds like there's a a good Twitter account that I follow that just updates the odds every hour or so that you have to win and somebody might might be a shot back with nine holes to play and their chance of winning the tournament's like nine percent or something like that (laughs) and that's what people don't realize I I feel like you could be one shot ahead with nine to play and your winning percentage might be 30 percent or something like that so uh, no, it is really interesting to see guys like Hughes and, and whatnot, Kaufman last year, guys that win in this fall series and take advantage of these opportunities. But And it gets them into the Masters, right, yeah. which is a big deal. And, and all of a sudden it thrusts them back on that. Right, right on that big stage. I think it's wonderful. And and to win to win in this time period, you basically get a three year exemption on tour. You're set yes. for the rest of the year, and then you get two full years after that. Uh, it's almost like a, the best possible time to to win. Other than you know if you're winning in the FedEx Cup playoffs or a major, obviously. But yeah, no um, question. Uh, random question. I have no idea right. if you have any insight on this, but do we ever see Anthony Kim play a PGA Tour tournament again? Man, I love it. Had I been Ryder Cup captain, my first two picks would have been Daniel Berger and Anthony Kim. What? Because um, <laughs> you, you got to throw him out there. And, um, I remember I was really early in Anthony's career, and it was at the Texas Open, but we were it was um, it was at a different golf course than what we play now. And I played a practice round with him. And he had just come out, and I, I knew of Anthony because uh, he played college golf at uh, Oklahoma, and I played at Oklahoma State. And, and, I, and I heard people say, this guy's a great player. And I played nine holes with him, and I thought, man, this guy has got the best golf swing out here. He's awesome. <laughs> and not only that, he's got the attitude to back it up. He's not afraid to tell you how good he is, and he believes it. I mean, I, this guy's awesome. And 
of course, he you know he comes out and he has a really nice run there, and and obviously some injuries and what led around. But man, I would love to see that guy come back. And and but yes, as Ryder Cup captain, it would have been Daniel Berger and Anthony Kim. I'd have thrown them all first on Friday on the Friday morning. They'd have been right out there first. I, so the way those guys handled themselves and their you know confidence and cockiness, I, I love it. <laughs> Do you have any any inside info at all to what his current status is? Practicing, Zero. like none. No, no, nobody knows not. anything. No, nobody's a ghost. Yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Nobody knows a thing. At least that I know. But but no, I don't know anything except little bits and pieces. When he showed up in uh, the news, was it a few weeks back with some charity events? Yeah. But, other than that, not a thing. But man, I'd love to see him come back. It's, yeah, that's where we're hanging on a string on uh, on uh, on just that that charity event or any any news we can get. I feel like right, you just show how desperate of golf fans are. It's like, oh god, he played a charity event. He's coming back. He's winning the Masters. <laughs> just wait till we get uh, shot by shot of Tiger's practice rounds getting tweeted. The you know, oh well, he hit six iron off this tee. Blah blah blah. That's oh, coming. You know it is. That's next week. That's next week. So, are you willing to come? Cl- are you willing to come clean now? on this podcast that you are in fact on Twitter or are you still going to maintain that, you don't, that you're not on Twitter? No, I'm not on Twitter but for the sole reason is, is that I would sit and argue with people all night long and it just wouldn't be healthy. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, people say some things and, and when they would say something that was just blatantly wrong or dumb, I would argue with them and then I would realize that, you know, I'm laying here in bed it's nine o'clock at night, and and I'm arguing with a guy on Twitter who I don't even know. And um, you know, plus you know, I've had some guys, some buddies of mine too. They put things on Twitter. They don't mean them a certain way, but they can be read a whole host of different ways. Um, yeah, that stuff kind of it kind of scares me. Um, so I, I get that you don't want to be on, you know, as Charles Howe, but like I, you haven't convinced me that you don't have a secret account out there just to monitor what's going on out there. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I, I don't. But I have okay. so many friends of mine that are on Twitter, and they screenshot stuff and send it to me all the time. Okay. Uh, and, and, and yours is the most screenshotted and sent out <laughs> stuff, I, I will say. Not, uh, you know, present company excluded. You are. You, yeah, you, you're the most popular one. Most guys get the most laughs out of your stuff. <laughs> well, I try, so that's good to hear. But uh, do we get to everything in your notes? Or what else? Do you have, uh, do you have some bombshells that you're, you're ready to drop on us? No, you know, I, I'm interested to see how this Zurich Classic team format things goes out. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a little bit surprised at how um, so many people have embraced this idea um, of it. I, I, I'm not convinced yet it's a great thing. Um, why, why is that? Well, I, I'm just a little bit concerned that the tour has now opened themselves up to alternative format events. And then the possibility of having to tell one sponsor no when you've told another sponsor yes. Um, you know, and let's hypothetically say that uh, Valero deems they're struggling by whatever metric they may use. And they want to go to an alternative format event. And now the tour tells them no, but yet they've told Zurich slash Farmers yes. Um, now you could have a potential problem. And I just, you know, the other thing too on this team event, but I know I'm not comparing apples to apples here, but do you watch the shark shootout? That is exactly what I said. I, I did the uh, tour confidential on golf.com a couple weeks ago. And yes. I, I, as soon as the news came out about Zurich, I said, 
uh, I'm pumped. This is great. And then I was like, wait a second. I, I, there is a team event, and I don't watch it. Um, yeah, so I did a little bit of homework on this. The, the ratings, best we could figure out and find out for the shark shootout, it draws about a 1.0. Um, Zurich roughly gets about a 1.5. Okay. So now I understand that it's December and whatever, and I understand that Zurich is, is more in the swing of golf things. But this, the shark shootout field is really good, okay? You could build an argument that, that the top, let's say, 24 players at, at shark shootout are equally as good as the top 24 players at Zurich. Now, I understand that Jason Day plays Zurich and Ricky Fowler and, and Justin Rose. I mean, I get it in some of those names. But if you really take a look at the sharp shootout field, it's pretty dang good. So I'm just not convinced yet that a team event is all of a sudden going to make the Zurich Classic what they may think they should be. Okay. Um, now, listen, I hope it works, right? Because, I, mean, I, I mean, this is my job and <laughs> um, whatnot. But, but I just, I mean, all this excitement over it, I'm like, guys, wait a minute. I mean, it's only... November and you know I mean Zurich and listen I mean they they do a great job with the tournament um, and obviously they they pay a lot of players to be their quote ambassadors um, but you know one of the arguments too was that it may draw a better field I mean well you already had Ricky Fowler play you already had Jason Day play and you already had Justin Rose playing um, so now that because these guys have teamed up is it going to draw that much more. Um, interest in viewership? I don't know. I mean, it, it might. I hope it does. I think <clears throat> I can't disagree with anything you said. I think some of the excitement may come from the willingness to break the mold a bit mid-season, right, and, and kind of yes. do a silly season format in the middle of the season. And the Euro Tour has been kind of a leader in just kind of taking half-baked ideas and throwing them into events. And it's been fun to watch. And I think in in this kind of social media age where – uh, these kind of things attract attention, and you're trying to attract a younger audience. Because I mean, let's face it the 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 main audience in golf. There's a reason there's a lot of Viagra commercials on golf golf uh, broadcast because the the audience is quite old. So it may attract some younger attention and kind of open up possibilities for more fun stuff like this. Um, and it, so I, I'm encouraged by it, just uh, hoping that it's going to open up the floodgates on stuff like that. But agree, I don't think that the format's going to necessarily make me tune in for it with great excitement. But uh, also, I'm thinking, and maybe I'm thinking way too hard into it, and I, I know the PGA Tour has not had great correlation or great relationship with the Olympics so far, but there could be a potential for a team event in the Olympics in 2020. Could that could guys use this as a chance to practice, play together uh, for the Olympics? I don't know. Again, I'm maybe oh, no doubt they could. Well, and even Ryder Cup captains may tell certain guys to play together. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't throw that out of the realm. Is it's hey, late listen to um, you know Lee Westwood, Danny Will. Why don't you guys come over and play the Zurich, and I want you guys to play together and see how you do. And um, so listen, I mean, th- there's a lot of positives on it. I just, I just hope we don't get to the point where we're. Or how do you tell, let's say, Zurich yes and John Deere no? Yeah. Uh, or how do you, you know, that that could get a little bit tricky. Um, Is, does the sponsor come up with the format? Or how does, I guess, who gets the, the, the call there? Well, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, and I would say with the sponsors pointing up, you know, let's say 7 to $10 million, and I think if they go to the tour and say, we want to do X, well, then, I, I mean, in my mind, they hold the cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, another interesting thing, too, which uh, Europe has done, 
uh, this rolling series. I think that is going to be really interesting. Um, seven tournaments in a row, $7 million purses. That, that's going to be interesting to watch as well. Just, just to see how that correlates with PGA Tour season, you mean? That, that's yes, that's the well, question for me. <laughs> yeah, and to see if a guy takes up a dual membership and tries to play both. Um, I, I, yeah, don't. You, that, that's that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's a lot of golf. So. It uh, is. All right, what else you got in your notes here? What else uh, did, we, did, did we not touch on? You know, I think that's actually about all. The, um, the, the, the therapy sessions worked. I got over the, the, the Rory uh, beating <laughs> in the podcast. I, I hope we've done something here to, uh, to redeem myself some, to some degree. But um, I'm sure Rory will come back on here and just hit another high bomb. It'll be all over. <laughs> <laughs> you got to beat your, your goal to beat him off the course and maybe even on the course in 2017. But, uh, yeah, or, if you, or if you say, you know, I can't beat that guy on the course, but can I get him in a podcast? <laughs> right? That's, like, let's start going that direction. Well, next next time you come on, we, we need to just have you host it. We need to have you be the host, and you're gonna you're gonna dictate the whole thing, and I'm just gonna sit sit back and watch you run the run the thing if that works. Oh, that's fine. Oh, I can definitely do that. Yeah, I, I, I talk. Yeah, I can talk golf and this stuff all day. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. It's holiday season. I want uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family, kids, and whatnot. Uh, best of luck with the Shark Shootout and uh, with your practice time the rest of the year. And uh, we'll catch up with you probably sometime not too far in the, in the distant future if, uh, if I have my way about it. Well, call any time. I appreciate it. And uh, have, a, uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving over there. And, and, and stay in touch and uh, enjoy the holidays. Thank you, Charles. All right, my friend. Have a great day. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah! Johnny, that's... Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!